Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. Well, Dee, I'm sure you're feeling good this morning, unlike myself. Mate, I'm sorry to even start on this note. Normally, we record on a Friday or Saturday, so it would have been before the game. But today, we're actually recording on a Sunday, which is after the day the St Kilda Football Club eliminated the Western Bulldogs in the AFL. So, condolences, mate. I'm uh, sure you're quite very a, upset. You know me, mate. I'm, I'm one of the passionate, most passionate doggies that you've probably... Anyone's ever known, so uh, you can hear me probably from a few kilometres away yelling at the TV. We we just had a conversation off air, and it was basically what we were saying is, you know, it's out of our control. You know, I can't let a stupid, not a stupid game. I can't let a game control my feelings and happiness, mate. So I, I'm going to let that go. I, I'm right? glad, mate. I've been trying to tell you that for a long time. Like I since know. returning to playing, you realise, okay, you have zero control other than just hoping. Like you can't do anything to impact the game. I know it sounds a bit disappointing and, and a bit flat but it's and we have and we have truth. a we we have a laugh about you know like uh supporters and i'm one of them uh you know we we say uh aren't we 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 are just so good you know we are the best we are and I'm and like yeah exactly how many goals did you kick mate <laughs> yeah it, it's it's not we it's them <laughs> exactly but it's yeah I, I know it's a hard one it's one of my pet peeves i don't know why and some people are going to be like you're, you're an idiot and you're a loser but that's all right, mate. Uh, it's just one of those things that, for some reason, have always gotten under my skin. So, But you know what, mate? Did you, uh, after the loss, we all deal with grief in different ways. How did you drown your sorrows? Did you uh, stare into an empty <laughs> bottle? or? Uh, great lead-in, mate, because uh, no, I didn't. Today's uh, podcast, we're going to be talking a bit about alcohol, mate. So, And last night, no, I didn't, I didn't, touch the, uh, didn't touch the sauce. No, I'm actually three months without any alcohol, which is... I reckon the longest I've been with for, I reckon that's the longest I've gone without any alcohol since I've been 18. I think I so too. I, I can't recall a time that you've probably gone longer, so that's pretty pretty elite. That's probably a great little lead-in that you've got gone with there because, yeah, today that's what it's going to be about, I guess, getting on the winner's piss, as we, you know, <laughs> some of us would like to say. What are some of the talking points for us that we're going to get through today, mate? Well, it's an interesting topic. When you brought it up, I actually wasn't sure about it because I probably didn't think too deeply about it but some of our points is sort of why do we drink alcohol to begin with binge drinking culture why is it socially acceptable the health factors the positives of sobriety and of course the funny stories that we we all have this podcast is not condemning drinking i I don't think uh we all drink we're not saying everybody should go clean there's no right or wrong no exactly we're not telling anyone to go clean we're just uh, talking about some of our experiences about it and uh i think this will be quite a funny one i I think yeah i I reckon it'll be a good mix mate oh and i I said i messaged you before and i said i reckon this episode has the potential to to just really connect with with everyone that listens i yeah for sure i don't i don't know individuals from a, like, I don't know who's going to listen, each individual, but I'm, I'm sure like there's a certain percentage where a lot of us drank alcohol, consumed alcohol, whether that be from a social, a social aspect. The few things we're going to touch on, I reckon everyone's going to relate um, and probably get something pretty, pretty good out of it. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more, and I like the binging part because, well, actually, that's, that's probably a good lead, and let's start with our experiences, our personal relationship 
with alcohol and for me it's been a binge you know i don't drink i'm not the type of person that ever i don't enjoy alcohol as it is so i don't come home and, and have a beer at the end of the day or have a glass not of the wine taste. Yeah. no yeah so i don't I, I don't like have one at dinner or want to have one when i'm sitting down that's just not how i am i don't really i've never really enjoyed it so for me when i've been drinking it's probably to get drunk like that's the truth of it to, to have fun with your mates or whatever so yeah today's episode really is a i suppose we're looking at the binging side of things probably more predominantly mm, for sure and that's what i personally relate to I, well i might just jump in and, and so we'll, we'll share our personal experiences i guess our relationships with alcohol so i'll go so my my first beer mate was probably i would have been 16 i still remember it we were in america and i remember we were in orlando florida and i couldn't get to sleep dad said and i think it was i think it was actually a light beer like it wasn't even a full strength beer but I think, and I think Dad knew at the time that I'd probably had a few beers with some mates, you know, sneakily somewhere down the line. So this um, isn't really your first drink, or is uh, it? Well, uh, it's the first one I can really remember. Okay, like, fair enough. And yeah, he, it was a Heineken as well, so it was it was terrible. And well, that's going to upset it, some people. <laughs> and it did it did help, like you know, it helped me go to sleep, or it, at least I think it might have. But that was probably my first beer. So, but then even probably going before that. I remember growing up as a kid, my parents were both just social drinkers. I never saw my parents drunk as a kid being at maybe a family gathering or with some family friends and dad sitting there with a couple of mates having a beer watching the footy and you'd be sitting on his knee or something and I'd say, hey dad, can I have a sip? And I'd have a sip. I know that might sound odd. I'm sure other people might have done the same or, or you know, had oh, a sip sure, of yeah. dad's beer when they were growing up. But from there, you know, I guess from as soon as turning 18, and what you've touched on just before, the binge drinking side, that's what I probably really resonate with the most. Probably since turning 18, I've probably been a pretty social and bad binge drinker. I've struggled. I probably struggled to admit that, but it's true. I'd probably have six to ten beers in one sitting with a bunch of mates probably every month or every few weeks or every couple of months. Or, and then from there, like maybe even now since moving out of home, like I was probably then having like maybe a beer a night or a beer every two nights. You know, I've always denied my the binge drinking. Like I've always said, no, nah, it's 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 not an issue. Like everyone does it. Get a have a big night on the on the beers. Like I've never looked at it as an issue. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think I've, binge drinking is one that I don't think you really notice as a bad behavior because it's it's more irregular. Like it's not every single night. It's once yeah. a week or once a fortnight or once a month. So and it's with your mates and everybody's doing the same thing and everybody wakes up in the same state and you put the pieces together the night before. So, it, yeah, it can definitely go unrecognized as an issue. Even then, like, and this is how I feel, mate. I'm not sure it even is an issue, and I don't know if that's the right thing to say. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah. That's I, don't, I don't. Issue might be the wrong word, yeah. Yeah, because some people might say, oh, this sounds a bit, I don't know, high it's and tough. mighty. But tough love, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I was different, mate. So, I didn't drink until I was 21. That was the first, and there was no reasoning, I don't think, behind it. I just sort of never got involved when I was young like underage and then this is a bit of a stupid story but even as a child I couldn't drink soft drink I hated soft drink <laughs> I didn't drink soft drink as a teenager and I don't know how I feel that it might go along the same path but it just sort of transcended into alcohol I just didn't drink soft drink and then I didn't drink alcohol and then until I was 21 I actually made a decision at, at a work Christmas party so about two months before this Christmas party, they knew I hadn't drunk before and I played, we used to play basketball on our lunch break and I'm not a basketballer, but I like to back myself in in every situation. I said, yeah, if I lose, I'll, I'll have a drink. So I lost and two months built up and then 
And then I did a few shots very quickly because I was on a strict diet. So I needed the vodka with uh, no carbs, of course. And um, <laughs> within uh, within five minutes, I just remember buzzing. And then I was, and then, yeah, mate, that was the rest of the night. can barely remember it. That was my first time. And then after that, I thought, oh, yeah, I might do it once a year or something. But it very quickly became once a month or something like that. That's just how it sort of started for me. Yeah. That being 18, eight, well, probably 18 to now, like, I always remember, like, trying to get you to have a beer with us. I, and I'd be like, Dee. And, and Jai, you know, Jai didn't drink either. Loves a, loves a beer now. Um, loves a wine. Loves a loves wine. A red loves wine. a red. He does. Probably loves, probably loves a drink a little more than, more than me now. I, uh, I, I, I would say out of the, yeah, I would say out of the three of us, he probably enjoy, enjoys it the most. <laughs> <laughs> but I would always... I would always want you boys to, to, to come out with me or, or to have a beer and have a drink. And it's just something social about it. Where it's, like, it's like we're all under this influence. And doing that together, I, we never got that. So, but at the same time, I, I really respected both of you because obviously until recent times. And we, and we have gone, we've had a few nights out recently. And since uh, yourself and Rich Bomb have enjoyed a couple of lagers or sometimes cider. Uh, <laughs> but before that, you both didn't drink for a long time. But. It's nice that we can enjoy a beer together now. Yeah, mate. It is good having a couple of drinks together. One of the uh, finer parts of life. Let's go into our next topic, which is why do we actually drink alcohol? Do you want to start with this? Why do oh, we do the, it in the first place? Yeah, there's, there's probably lots of different reasons. And um, you could probably probably stretch that question to even like why we start drinking alcohol to, to then why we continue to drink alcohol. And a big one for me is uh, you feel good. It feels good. Currently, I, I enjoy, you know, having a few beers with mates and because it feels good that, you know, you, you let your hair down, just makes you feel happy. And, you know, I guess a bit more careless. Uh, I know you've got a few words written down as well. Like, yeah, it, well, it's a drug essentially. So oh, exactly. Um, and and uh, that's one thing I was reading about. I was talked about a couple of weeks ago in one of the books I was reading, which talks about alcohol and why it's so addicting. And it's because it brings you totally into the present. Because when you're in that state, you don't care about the past, you don't care about the future, you're just totally invested in the now. And that's, in theory, what we're addicted to. That makes a lot of sense around why people use it as a substance when they don't really realize. Like, it's their shield, like they're drinking alcohol, and that alcohol is acting as a shield to the real issue that's within them. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, it's going out and get pissed on a Saturday night to i guess strip away the pain for one night because you know that i'm in the like what you just said i'm in the present moment i'm gonna have fun but as well like <laughs> i found you know when i drink it gives me more confidence and i'm a bit more chatty in probably early days you know going out wanting to talk to girls and i actually met the, the lovely courage yeah i met i met the lovely meg on a on a night out so you know it works with but, uh when you're both smoking heavy cigars oh god i was not the one uh, inha- I, was, I was inhaling the smoke, but uh, it was passive. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Meg. Uh, it's been brought up twice now. Where poor Meg's been. And, and she next is- week we're going to talk about Meg's smoking addiction, and, and <laughs> oh, that's <geez>. next. Week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. She's going to kill you. But uh, yeah, uh, there, there's so many more. Like, and I want you to jump in. But it, to me, it's just it's been a social norm for myself, and got it down here as well. Like yourself and Rich, you know, you've always impressed me how you never drank. But for me, because to me that was against the norm. But I went with that norm, I guess you could say. Yeah, that makes total sense, mate. The funny thing is with that whole, and I feel this, sorry for going real uh, philosophical here, but I feel like this is quite a thing. 
you know, when you sort of suppress yourself for a while or avoid something, it, it sort of comes back twofold. So Definitely. by not drinking for so long, for Rich and I, for example, then it, it sort of opens that gateway when you finally release the, you know, let the floodgates in. Double the, the fun. Right, is that the right the expression? <laughs> Open yeah. the floodgates, open yep. the floodgates. Yep. So, and that's how I felt with a lot of things in my life. And when I look back, it's whenever I've avoided something or stopped doing something for such a while, then for me, I think it's just, I have a sort of addictive personality. So I just get addicted. Mm. I like to go all in on things. So yeah. my, all or nothing. Yeah, it's all or nothing. It's either, okay, I'm going to stay totally sober tonight or mm. I may as well, like if I'm going to drink one, I may as well just, you know, <laughs> have a red hot crack. So and I understand that, but... The other thing too, mate, is it's interesting with the confidence thing because for me, I actually lose a lot of confidence when I'm when I'm drinking. So yeah, I'm a very confident person, and I suppose I never had anything. You know, I didn't gain confidence by getting drunk when I was er younger, but now when I know that I'm drunk, I'm actually worried about what's going to come out of my mouth. Is that because you you probably feel less in control? Yeah, I just hate having no control. And that's probably what turns me off. And we'll talk about that a little bit later from the whole thing. A couple of the other things, of course, when you're surrounded by your mates and if if there's a group of, say, five of us and four of we don't have anywhere to be the next day or we're all staying at each other's house and four of us are drinking, then it sort Mm. of makes sense. And it's not even peer pressure. It's just, I think you used the word FOMO earlier. Yeah. Exactly, and that's that's probably another one on my list of why we do drink. For me, FOMO is huge. Like, it, it, and not just with alcohol, with lots of things in in my life, I consider myself a very social person. Um, and when you are a very social person, yeah, you're creating memories being social, and you don't want to miss out on you know something fun happening. To me, if if a bunch of mates are going out, if I get a message, like to me, the spontaneous nights are the ones that probably. Get me the most. So oh, it'll be for sure. Same. It'll be it'll be like a Saturday afternoon and I'll get a message from a mate. Hey, hey Wados, you know, what are you doing tonight? Me and a few of the boys are thinking, let's have a few beers. And I won't even think about it. I would just go, Yes. Because yeah. I don't want to miss out. I was like whereas now uh, and we'll talk about it a bit more when we talk about I guess sobriety and the positives of it, but not having a beer for the last three months or any alcohol. It, I've kind of taken a step back and realised like should try and make more decisions based on, you know, what you really want for yourself rather than, you know, because FOMO, I'm sure so many other people suffer from FOMO and it's just, it's always been something that I've struggled with. Yeah, I I get that. It's actually funny. Pippi and I, my sister, were having an interesting conversation the other day because when we first got locked down, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go back out again and get pissed with the boys and like, you're just waiting for it. And then as time goes on and on and on, now I'm like, I don't crave it. At, like, I crave mm. seeing you guys, but I don't crave a night out getting drunk or anything like that. Mm. And, and Pippi was like, oh, yeah, sort of me the same. Like every, And I feel a lot of people have taken that approach. But definitely, my next point and where I think the issue is if you actually go in and decide, okay, well, why not? Let's all have fun. Let's get drunk. Let's do it. Then for me, I like recreating those same nights. So if I have one good night doing it, then the next week rolls around and someone offers it. Or, How you can know, we make it better? Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, right, well, let's do it again. And one example was those nights when we lived on the same street and you and we went and we played that coin game. Yeah. One of our classic. favorite games. And we had such a good night the first night we did it. And then yeah. a couple of months later, you text me again, again, spontaneous. And you're like, hey, mate, got a couple of mates over. Do you want to come up and play that game? Like yeah, of course, because we're recreating something we've been talking about. You think about how much fun we had that first time? Exactly, exactly. So 
and I mean, for me, like I always have that stupid excuse, oh, well, and you hear a lot of people say it, I may as well catch up. You know, if you rock up to a place and everyone's two mm. or three deep, you're like, well, I've got to get on your same level. So let's down a couple and speed up the process. But Definitely. And one final thing for me too, mate, is that, and this used to always get told to me from people in my family because they'd ask why I didn't drink. I said, oh, I don't actually like the taste or anything like that. But for a lot of people, they say, I think 25 years old is when your palate changes, your taste palate. Mm. Um, and that's why that's, that's why we start drinking things like coffee, which we hate as a kid or a lot of people mm. hate as a kid and alcohol and all these things that we couldn't stand and bitter, you know, bitter foods and things like that all of a sudden become part of the norm because yeah. our taste bud changes. Definitely. I See, I've never even thought about that. It's interesting. Oh, what I want to, you know, I'm really keen to jump on this bit too. To you, like, why, what is binge drinking? You know, like, why is there such a, a culture around binge drinking, you know, that we live in? Well, one of my best examples, mate, and I'm sure people are sick of me talking about America, but when <laughs> I went to America, obviously, by myself, and when you meet people and they say where you're from and you say Australia, everybody straight away associates Australia with drinking. Yeah. That's the first thing they say. Oh, you must be a good drinker then, or how many have you had, or you're going to have ha, a big ha, night tonight. Ha, ha, how many Fosters can you can you Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, mate. The funniest thing, though, is the amount of people that said, all right, well, let's get drunk tonight, or come on, you're Australian, or do it for Australia. Like, I heard that so many times. And <laughs> the, worst people, the worst people that said that, mate, were other Aussies. Like, I met this one guy, and I, I had the worst night of my life the night before in terms of drinking, and I basically swore it off. And the next night, I said, mm. mate, there's no way I'm drinking tonight. And mm. he, he was like, mate, you're Australian. Let's do it for Australia. We have to do it for Australia. I'm like, mate. But um, that's... So it just seems to be... I don't know if it's just an... I'm sure it's not an Australian thing, but... I, I totally agree. What about you, mate? Why, why do we... Why have we created this culture? I don't know why we've created it. To me, it's it's a real... For one, it's a real... Like, it's a real Australian thing, you know, to, to drink beer and to, to get on the beers, as Dan Andrews would say. Uh, <laughs> but even, like... The footy, like the sports culture, and that's where it probably comes in stronger for me is that footy club culture, mm. being being amongst growing up, you know, in a community um, at a community club, and whether that be sport or any type of other club, but growing up at a footy club from a young age, you know, you get you go to the club on a Sunday night, you know, after all the games on the weekend, and it's the awards at the end of the weekend, and you know, all the parents are drinking and they're all at the bar and the kids are up there getting their awards or whatever. So yeah, yeah. even even though you're probably not totally understanding of what's going on as a kid, it's right there in front of you. Yeah, um, it's such a good point. Because you think, like, just saying that, Sunday night and everyone's just having a casual drink. Now, when you now being a little bit older, you're like, whoa, like, that's yeah. not normal for everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think that just probably slowly as you grow older, like in that environment of that footy club, like... You also you probably watch the the senior boys and and they're probably having a beer too and interacting that way. But yeah, to me, that footy club culture is really where probably that feeling of belonging. And yeah, exactly. there's there's something about and this is I've put this example in and this is footy clubs, but this is anywhere. You know, you go out for a night. There's something about being in a shout with your mates that I really love. The idea of going out or going to a pub or going to a brewery or a night out and you're with, you know, five, six, seven blokes or, you know, all girls. I'm sure the, the ladies love being in a shout too, but there's something about 
being in that together and you know it's your it's your it's your shout mate it's your it's your round and that's and when Doss to- normally goes to the toilet <laughs> yeah well i'm always last aren't i and by the and by that last round you know everyone's Hopefully a couple of knocked off yeah, by then everyone's had enough <laughs> pulled a couple from the herd and uh, gone home exactly smoke bomb but there's something about being in a shed i really love and, and that that feeling of being a part of it and not wanting to miss out on being in that little group but yeah oh, Ben's drinking yeah like you said earlier like you don't want to use the word that it is an issue because we don't who's to say we can't we can't make that decision and and say that it is an issue but personally it's just been something about wanting to to feel like i belong somewhere yeah belonging is such a huge thing mate we talk about it a lot but i understand and i'm like you're know, very careful i don't want it to sound like we're, we're on a high horse here telling people not to do anything or that there's issues and they've got issues or anything like that it's we're just trying to talk from our experience and what we sort of see but you know i remember this expression too and this stuck with me and when i first started or when I first sort of had a drink of choice, and by the way, I, for all our listeners, I don't like beer. What, what was your drink? Beer, at, yeah, what wine. was your drink of choice? Oh, I just like it, mate. I'm not even going to hide. Like, I I, I like a, a nice spirit, um, of course, for the dietary requirements as well. So, you love you love a vodka orange juice. I know that. <laughs> well, because I don't drink soft drinks. So yeah, I know it's soft, and I know yeah. No, it's I, not. I, well, I cop it on nights. I can hear people laughing now. Um, I, I cop it on nights at night outs when I'm walking around with a uh, with a vodka raspberry or vodka orange juice. Yeah, the but boys, what I will say I'll, is it takes <laughs> a real man to, to own it rather than hide behind it. So Yeah, so why not why not out but yeah, I'll grab six lagers and a sex on the beach, thanks. Yes, you know, exactly. like <laughs> Actually cocktails are actually I'm getting a bit thirsty now. Cocktails are actually quite nice too. Um just a nice refreshing uh fruit cocktail. But what I was gonna say is that this expression that stuck with me was never trust a man who doesn't drink. Mm. And I think my uncle told me that for the was the first person to say that, and that made a lot of sense because he said, "Well, it seems like they've either got an issue with drinking and they're addicted, or they're going to do something silly, or they're hiding something, or they're trying to take something from you because they're trying to get you drunk, and mm, or interesting, they're trying to stay sober for a reason." And I've heard that a lot, so that that's something that was ingrained in me when I was probably getting older and being questioned as to why I wasn't drinking. I don't know if that ties into culture, but it, it certainly stuck with me. It's really fascinating because I've actually never heard that, but I can definitely connect that with someone who you're, you're with a group of mates and if someone isn't drinking, it's not like you're looking looking at him any differently, but he's still, to me, well, I've felt this way, you just still feel like that outcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I heard once on a podcast, mate, too, and this was an interesting point that stuck with me, too, is that the, I think these guys were talking about they were actually going sober and they were, and they were binge drinkers originally and now they're, they're two or three years into sobriety. But they always, they didn't want to tell people that they were sober now or they weren't drinking because it highlighted that they originally had an issue, which I found very interesting, too. So they used to just say, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. They'd hide behind it because for some reason there's a negative connotation with people that don't drink because maybe it means they've got an underlying issue that they're trying to fix so they're just little things i I know that's probably floats a little bit away from the whole culture aspect but they've always stuck with me i'm i'm just thinking oh even the word oh i've never used this but that word soft and yeah that it probably connects back with that footy club culture thing is you know like come on, you know, have a beer, you know. Oh, no, boys, I've driven. Oh, come on, you can you can have a couple beers and drive. Yeah, and, yeah. And that even leads down to another path, which we don't have any notes on, but the whole drink driving. 
thing. Like, oh, mate, it's 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 a thing that I I and it's so interesting you brought that up because I totally understand it, and I I'm not I never ever can sitting here right now I I can't believe anybody that would do it and put especially other people's lives at risk rather than your own. But I know what it's like when you've had a couple and you think, well, I'm only on the spectrum here. Like you, I don't, I've never done it. I know I haven't done it, but I've, you consider it. Like you mm. consider it an option because you think, well, I'm actually okay. But you're just thinking very selfishly in that moment. Yeah. But that drink driving thing, mate, it's it's hard because it is encouraged, I think, by people because they're like, oh, you've only had a couple. Or yeah. only, you know, you'll be fine or, you know, you're used to it. You've, you've done it for a, no, a number of years now. So yeah, that I like. I personally have a big issue with it because I just know I've heard so many stories of people that have lost mm. their lives. But oh, yeah, worse, worse than losing their own life is that they've survived and killed somebody innocent because they've been under the influence. I was actually mm. I I had a major car accident a couple of years ago. Somebody that was drink driving, and it wasn't just me; it was another car as well. And there was three cars ridden off, and it was a huge, huge accident. And it just sort of boggles your mind why why people make that decision. But when you're on the spectrum and you've only had one or two, you you sort of consider it. Mm. Oh, if I'm being upfront and really honest and vulnerable, like I've I've probably driven being over before, and that comes back to that oh, I've only had a couple. I'll be mm. fine. Like, yeah. thank God, like nothing's happened or I'll, like I've had I've had times where like I've you know I've done it a few times, and I guess working in in an industry too where being in that events and entertainment space and drinking is a big part of that and you know having having a a couple of drinks with clients and whatnot and then jumping in the car and you know i've got to a booze bus and shit myself like have you yeah oh mate and did you get through yeah i got through like it was was, no it was it was actually one night we had like a yeah a work thing one night and i I specifically drove and i could I, i could only get a park like probably like Maybe even like a twenty to thirty minute walk away, and yeah. that probably that probably helped me because what happened was the event finished and I hadn't had that many. Like I'd probably had over the space of probably a, a long time, five or six hours. I probably had four or five drinks, and and then I walked back to my car, which took half an hour, and then drove and yeah, I, I reckon I had four drinks over the space of six hours, and then walked and I oh, shit myself, mate. Yeah, and even oh, in that sure. moment, even in that moment, I was like, why did I even risk it? Like, why did I even have the couple of drinks? And I regret it now and I, I haven't done it since. But I want to also touch on with that binge drinking culture. Um, and I keep referring back to footy clubs, but there's something about feeling proud. That pride, I think, yeah. is a big a big part of it. Mate, um, 100%. When I and, didn't drink and then suddenly I, wo- I was drinking, then, I, yeah, you, you have pride now that you're part of it, for sure. Yeah. And... Wanting to impress other people. And uh, I've got this example. And I look at Mad Monday, the traditions of Mad Monday, right? Yeah. And and being part of them and, and had fun and enjoyed them. But people just do silly shit. People do silly things. And it's, I get it. It's with the boys and it's all a bit of fun. But take my, Mad Monday out of it too. You know, even just like the idea of a beer bong and like someone going, yeah, it's your turn. And, <laughs> you know, sculling a beer out of the beer bong, you know. And yeah, good on you. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't even, when you're sober, does it? Like no, looking, yeah. sitting right here doesn't make any sense. And I've done them. Another example, right? Sorry to anyone who's posted an Instagram story to this, 
But when those shitty little snorkels, have you seen those? (laughs) And they attach them to the drinks and then they tip them up and scull them. I've never done one. I I believe just before, I believe Doss was considering drop shipping these at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was actually because everyone was enjoying them. Oh, you may as well um, make some bucks out of it. Yeah, may as well make some bucks out of uh, everyone else's hangovers. But yeah, that, that would, even when I see those, it just, it gets under my skin. Like it's, it's like people are trying to impress. I'm like, yeah, good, good on you. You can scull a drink. I don't know. That, I just see that as a, a bit of an issue. Not, it's not an issue, but to me it's sad because people were doing it because they feel like they need to impress someone because they can do that. Yeah, I get that. I totally understand that. And I mean, firstly, just sort of backing up a little bit too, I, this is what I love about the podcast. I love how vulnerable it is. I love that you mentioned the, the drink driving because it's hard because we obviously know who listens. I, I know... Mm. We know, no, I feel like some of the things we've already said are going to rub people the wrong way because it might seem like we're we're blowing something out of proportion. But also too, mate, we know that people, some people will be disappointed with hearing the, the drink driving thing, but I think it's so great you brought it up because you it, it, it didn't sound like it was that bad and me saying that's probably not a great thing either. But I think it's just, it's it's the truth of being, you know, we love talking about what it's like to be at 25 and that's exactly what it's like. You make those split second decisions. decisions yeah yeah so when you do that and you successfully get home or mm. you get to your destination or whatever and i know because i know you've told me well, before, i wasn't only, well, i wasn't dr- the, i wasn't drunk no like, but when you get around just even five minutes around the corner and you've like okay nobody pulled me over and everything's okay does that do you think psychologically you think okay i can get away with this again or does that not enter your mind i think it like you probably take a breath and go gee i got away with it yeah and then I reckon you don't think about it at the time like I could I could get away with it again until it, say if you were in the same circumstance you're at the same guy's house who's only five minutes up the road that's when you think about it again mm. and and you'll 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 probably think to yourself oh I got away with it last time I could do it I, I could yeah. get away with it this time kind of thing exactly and that's what it's like with a lot of people one thing I will stress though is please anybody don't, don't. do not yeah. do it it's the worst it's incredibly silly and and selfish but we're just talking from our experiences and how you feel so we'll, we'll move on dos let's move on to the effects on on health so this is where we become uh doctors um for <laughs> yeah, this partnership. uh they call me dr dos uh, <laughs> do you want do you want to kick off some of the effects it has yeah oh there's gosh I, should, I may as well just put up a uh you know a, a little link to a website when i show notes and go, you know, guys, of alcohol. read about that because um we're not experts and but I think we all know this stuff is poison to our bodies. I think yeah. we all know that. Yeah. And and to put it in a simple term like that, it just makes you take a step back and go, if I'm if I'm doing this like he- like to a heavy scale, this this relates to everybody who's probably had five to ten drinks in one night over numerous occasions throughout throughout the years. That cannot be good for good for my body. Like no. it just can't. And in the moment, it feels good, and yeah, you, you're getting that hit of dopamine, and it's kind of not that it's an out-of-body experience but you, you, you're not in control it's it's just something different and it's fun it's present yeah 100 um, percent. but we, we know it's not good for us i did a bit of research daniel uh oh, did and you? uh yeah i always knew like you, you know it's not good for your brain but to hear this like it actually shrinks part of your brain like if, if you are drinking excessively quite often shrinking the frontal lobes of the brain take the frontal lobes part of it out if I know my brain is shrinking because I'm drinking alcohol, that is freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we know the brain cells get lost. Yeah, absolutely. 
we know how bad it is for our liver and that is kind of it's a bit of a joke you have well, a actually, I just want to jump in real quick because I don't know if yeah. you even know this very, and I'm sure that anybody in my family won't mind me saying this because it's a very public thing so on my dad's side of the family I'm going to get this wrong I think it was his uncle or great uncle or cousin I, I don't know the exact relation but there was a very famous singer in our family his name was Matt Monroe a lot of people won't know that name but sung a lot of the intros for the Bond movies and sort of a big singer in the 60s and 70s dad's actually got autographs from the Beatles and Frank Sinatra and those guys so he was quite a well-known guy at the time but he was an excessive drinker to the state he was an alcoholic he drank every day he'd start at nine in the morning and that was to deal with the fame at the time but what the issue for him was that he actually gave it up and 10 years he went sober for the last 10 years of his life and despite going 10 years sober it done enough damage that what killed him was liver failure from the alcohol intake so that's the issue it has it's 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 not i don't think it's you can just flick a switch if you've been doing it your whole life and then suddenly you're healthy that's that's the thing that i worry about personally you know it has a long-term effect that can still get you slowly definitely um, so that's why i just wanted to jump in at that point yeah i i I've probably would also state though like that's someone who's who has drank excessively all their life. Oh, absolutely. And, this is excessive and, drinking. Yeah. yeah. If I was to say from today, like say I'm never going to drink again, I'd probably say the damage on my body wouldn't be Oh, God, like no, no. Yeah, so, that was probably a bad example. So for anyone, yeah, if you had a few big nights, you're gonna, I guess if, if you choose to, to you know, better your lifestyle choices and maybe stop drinking as much or stop drinking completely, like it's, it's not good for the liver and we know that. Whether you're heavy drinker or you're more just a social drinker it's, it's going to have its long-term effects but you know some more so than others but one thing i've noticed too as well like in a massive way is you know not having any alcohol the last three months my quality of sleep is just it's just skyrocketed in a good way that's good um, that's really yeah good. and i probably didn't really understand or realize like how much it really does affect you know our sleeping patterns and we talk about like deep sleep and REM and I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast like a few weeks back and they were talking about the effects of alcohol and even marijuana. So they're two substances that people do consume to to take the edge off and, and probably help them go to sleep. And he spoke they spoke about how it how bad it actually is. So yeah, it puts you in a sedated it's it, it's a sedative basically. So it puts you to sleep. But it's not it's actually not going to help you I guess perform in your sleep. Like you're not, mm. you're not, you're not having you're not good sleep. You're yeah. not resting. Even though alcohol might seem like might have a beer and I'm out like a light or a few beers and it just relaxes me. You know, when you wake up and you probably don't feel as good. You, you could have had 10 hours of sleep or 12 hours, but you just still feel like crap. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that makes, that makes total sense. And on the binge drinking factor, like for me, it, it goes hand in hand with fatigue because it's often you have a late, late night, like, you go from yeah. going to sleep at 10 or 10.30 or 11 each night to suddenly you have one night you're up till 4 or 5 or 6 and it just messes everything up. But, I mean, I personally, I just hate hangovers. So the effect mm. it has on me is that I hate riding off Sunday if, if it's a Saturday night that you drink and then the whole Sunday you feel like crap and you can barely, like I always try and push myself to work out or run or do yeah. something, but it's, it's again limited and you struggle through it. But for me, I just don't enjoy that feeling of, okay, I'm going to lie in bed all day or just just get a bunch of nothing done today. You know, you can I can never focus on tasks. I feel like shit. 
I get annoyed at myself too, mate. So mentally, the effect it has, like, I'm annoyed that I, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, did I yeah. really a bit of regret? Or yeah, not not always regret. Oh, so, yeah, sorry, it is regret. Just sometimes thinking, well, did I really? If I stayed sober, if I had a little bit less, would have I still got the same amount out of night? And I would say, yeah, mm. probably more because you make better decisions and you're still. It's okay to have a few, and you feel okay. You feel sort of light and and tipsy but when you're absolutely drunk then i think you sort of step over that line and then suddenly the nights isn't as good as it could have been yeah that's a really really good point i reckon because i reckon there is times when you wake up and you go did i really need to have the shots like (laughs) like, (laughs) you know why did i have to like yeah like did i really need that tequila like well by the way i should mention i'm an extreme lightweight i i think probably two shots i'm done (laughs) but sometimes i just go uh, i've had this mate i don't know why i do this i have this stupid and people joke about this all the time where you you have one or two shots and you're like oh i'm not feeling anything so i've got to have two or three more and then just then bang bang out of nowhere just hits you but one of the other things that i sort of and this is goes back to that sort of a whole addiction thing is that you know when you get to a stage where you rely on it because it makes you feel good or it relaxes you or whatever then and this could be with any drug i get annoyed at people and again i hope it doesn't sound like i'm on my high horse i just i've always had an issue with drugs and Mm. that's just me personally and i get that a lot of them are safe last only a short amount of time and you feel good but i just don't understand what you achieve from apart from a couple moments of euphoria Mm. when you try term effects well, not just the long-term effects, but it's like, why do you have to go to that state? Or why now you just associate, if you want to be that happy for that moment, you need to take a substance or you need to drink or you need to, whatever it is. And I worry for myself that I'm ever going to find something that I rely on. I'm like, whenever I feel down, I'm going to go to something that's not natural to get me up for a little bit to escape a bad feeling or whatever. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's a core of addiction, I think. But And that's something I worry about for me. So I don't ever want to, when I drink, I don't want to drink because I'm feeling sad or i'm feeling anxious or whatever and i'm trying to escape a feeling does that make mm, sense definitely I, that become that starts or to me that i can really feel that term of like make smart decisions if you can step away from yourself and look at the options like in the moment do i really need that beer or am i just really sad and upset and that might just be that instant gratification that i feel might make me feel a bit better 100 percent. 100 percent. if you can make that quick I know it's hard, like especially when you've got other people around you, to throw it out there for myself. I didn't, the last three months, it's been the longest I've been without alcohol, which I'll state. I've been someone that has enjoyed a beer. To me, it hasn't been hard, but it, you know, it hasn't been easy either. You crave it a little bit? No, I, I don't crave it. But for example, yesterday, and when this is when I bring it up, like to make small decisions and, or making split decisions. Not being around other people has probably helped. <laughs> like made it a bit easier being mm. probably a person that enjoys a social drink yesterday i went for a run it was a hot day went for a swim got in the car and then i want like i actually thought you know what i could just quickly drive through the bottle and grab a, a six pack and probably enjoy them but i was like do i really want to or is that just like in this moment right now like is mm. that just what i'm feeling and that's with everything in life you know you can make a split decision and not that you would regret any small split decision but i think about the effect even when i was running I wanted to stop running like with 500 meters to go, but I was like, I'll feel better if I finish it. 100%. That's a great term. That's great terminology because I totally, I crack it at myself. Even if I do a long 10 kilometer run and I pull up 100 meters short, I'll crack it because I didn't finish it. Yeah. So I get that too, mate. You just need to push through that little bit longer. That's a really good, I really like that. 
I I love what you said earlier about the oh, mate. I totally feel you with the hating hangovers. Oh, mate. Um, they're horrible, and uh, as we age, uh, they get worse. That I found. So <laughs> they absolutely do. The problem with them, and I, you know, you think people like to joke about hangovers, and I thought, you know, you know what it's like. They always say, first few times you get drunk, you escape hangovers, and it's yeah. true. Like you have no effect, but. I, mate, I, I just, it's for me, it's just a frustration, no productivity, but also being a person that uh, has suffered with a little bit of acid reflux in the past, uh, <laughs> my, my stomach, oh mate, some, sometimes it, yeah, it, it, it well, plays say, up uh, something horrible. I was going to say, you know, the toilet bowl probably gets a fair workout at your place after a few. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks Doss. Uh, both ends for those wondering at home. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and a lot of burning pain and of course um my personal favorite waking up with vomit in your mouth um so so just that's just again if you're under if you happen to be listening and you're 17 let's let's be let's be realistic if you're 13 years old and you're considering drinking the next year or two then uh this is what you got to look forward to so don't do it but the the productivity part like even that i yeah you're right like I, i feel bad enough when when i'm wasting a day you know on its own not being hung over like when you've got a full day and i'm like i finished the weekend and i'm like i got nothing done this weekend like, oh yeah that's frustrating in itself but then to go hard on the booze and then wake up the sunday and you've got a throbbing headache your, th- your mouth and throat is so dry you can't get off the couch you just feel like death like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, oh, it just, sucks <laughs> it's horrible like it and i've had some absolute shockers and you actually go to yourself like why did i how, how how did i get to this how did i get to this point like the part that i find so amusing is you know i know now i'm like when i make the decision even when i'm sober and i made the decision all right i'm getting pissed with the boys tonight or getting pissed with whoever i know what i'm in for the next the day. consequence you know and you the still yeah and you still you still like that's fine like i'll deal with it tomorrow and then the next day comes and you're like oh my godfather yeah why did i do that so on that very chirpy note, let's move on to some of the positives of sobriety because you've you've gone three months as you said. I went a long time, and we actually were talking. I'm I'm considering, you know, this is the issue I talked about earlier. I'm sort of an all or nothing kind of person. I I kind of yeah. feel like maybe I should just not do it at all for a little while. You know, even on when we are able to see each other again and go yeah. out and do things like I I'm sort of in that consideration at the moment of just you know going a longer period of time sober. Yeah. Oh, well, I was um, I was actually before you were going to go. I was going to say I didn't realise that you um, you had your first beer before you lost your virginity. But anyway, um, the big, what? I was I was having a joke. I, it oh, was a jo- I, <laughs> 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 Sorry, mate. I got a very defensive then. Um, uh, 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 you, you said your first beer was at twenty one. I thought, oh wow, I didn't realise. Oh um, yeah, well I'm still virgin for those wondering. So um, <laughs> we, we 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 can cut that out if you want. Um yeah yeah we probably will. Cut it, um, out. <laughs> it, it didn't go as well as I'd planned. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, yeah, we'll let the listeners decide if that's true or false, but um, I'll keep my mouth shut. Um, but uh, sobriety, mate. Let's uh, let's. <laughs> what what are some of the positives in your life of sobriety? Well, we just touched on the biggest one for me, which is uh, uh, no hangovers, which is always nice. Waking up nice and fresh, fresh as a daisy. Um, <laughs> and like you said earlier, like you love your exercise on a weekend or every day, every day. But to go for a run and, and not feel that crappy feeling is always nice. Having your full weekends and having the freedom to move freely without, you know, feeling so disgusting and regretful of the night before. But there's the last three months, I reckon the biggest thing for me is touch on the word a couple of times, but pride, like proud. Like, mm. I'm pr- like, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So we talk about dry July and, and it's such a big thing. Hey, everyone, for this month, I'm doing dry July. 
raising funds for men's health or whatever, whatever foundation they're raising money for. Mm-hmm. And even that, like people look, people feel proud within themselves because they're going for a month without alcohol, which to me, that's probably not great that, you know, we have to go to that level to, we can't go one month without alcohol. For me to go three months, I'm sure if someone who's done Dry July, I've done Dry July and felt, felt so proud of myself for getting through Dry July to get three months without having a beer. Like, you know, I just feel proud of myself. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's an interesting one too, but I think what Dry July has done is a lot of people have gone on and said, well, actually, I'm going to try another month and another month and suddenly one year later, they've done an entire year. And then like we were talking about earlier, sometimes with habits, like once you break them and that craving slowly goes away, Mm. it's it's hard. Yeah, The hardest part is the start or the first little while, but once you lose that craving, then sometimes it does lead to a really positive change. Well, that's how mine really started. It wasn't like, I want to go three months. It was like, all right, well, I actually had a couple of really big nights, right, early this year, and one was really bad. It was like the great man, Hugh Roberts, who I don't think he's had a mention on the show before, but um, Huey loves a beer. Probably, I don't think I've met a person that loves to socially consume alcohol more than Hugh Roberts. <laughs> will he be um, happy? He's a great bloke. Will he be happy you saying that? <laughs> uh, no, nah, he'll have a laugh. He'll have a laugh. Um <laughs> But he loves a beer with his mates and and I love having a beer with him too. And we went out one night. It was just one of those nights where we lost each other. I was not in control. I, you know, like it was the worst I'd been in a long, 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 long time. Probably since schoolies. Like, and, um, oh dear. Uh, oh, that, 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 we can, you know what? That's brought up a, another little cat out of the bag. You know, we can talk about that with the funny stories later. Um, I look forward to it. Yeah, I, like woke up the next day and Huey goes, oh mate. How, how are you and i'm like oh i'm shocking like and huey's like mate i'm i was i, I blacked out from 3 a.m till 6 a.m and when i woke up from this blackout i was sitting in a cafe in mornington like he just <laughs> four hours he just passed and he just his eyes opened and he was in a cafe like he so he'd stayed in mornington for the night he'd lost his phone like you know that oh, it's that yeah. that's so that type of scenario and and I just remember, I just thought to myself, I'm like, why don't, why am I doing, like, why, why did I do this to myself? Mm. And so I was like, you know what, like COVID, we can't socialize anymore. Why not try the first month? Like, why not just try and go without it? And then first month was good. Second month happened. Even like over Zoom calls, catching up with a few mates and they'd all have a beer. And I'm like, well, I don't need to have a beer over Zoom. Yeah. Why do I need to do that? And then now it's three months. And then now I'm like, you know what, I'll, I might try a hundred days, like, which mm. I think is like another two weeks or something away. But yeah, it started off just with a small thing and who knows, like, I think you saying, you know, maybe trying to to go without again is a good idea, like, why not? Like, if you can do it, you can do it, but also, it's so important to not be hard on yourself if you do feel like a drink. Oh, exactly, mate, and it's it's almost just, I don't know, I just feel like for me, I don't see, again, like I said, I don't, personally, I just don't enjoy it that much and I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm a very confident person that I can go out and be sober and I seem to be relaxed, I'm more relaxed when I'm sober than when I'm drunk. So I, I can still have a good time. And for me, then I don't have the ramifications of the next day. I mean, I remember one night, I think we all went out. I can't remember exactly when. I went and saw Jai the next day. We are both lying on his couch watching the NBA. And we'll, we we had all these plans to do things throughout the day and just even get outside. But we just had nothing in us. We were just that fatigued. And so that's sort of one of the things for me. But, you know, I remember when I wasn't drinking at all, people, and we touched on this on a earlier podcast but people actually do respect it and there is a bit of a contradiction from what i said earlier about that whole culture you know never trust a man who doesn't drink but i feel like that's a bit of an older demographic kind of a saying Mm. and then the younger sort of crowd that are our age sort of go oh actually i kind of respect the fact that you don't do it or don't need to do it to have a good time 
So I'm pretty lucky in that way, but I think people are more accepting of it now too, especially Definitely. if you're the, under the right circumstances and in the right group. And of course, you lower your chances of addiction and, and avoiding those lows. But one of the things that annoy me, mate, when I'm drinking is that normally I'm on a, re- a sort of decent kind of a diet. But when I drink, I like I just because I'm like, okay, well I've already drunk. I may as well now I can just eat whatever I want. And mate, mm. I get more regret for what I eat than what, <laughs> what what I actually drink. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I'm with you there. Oh, I've seen Doss uh, gulping down pizzas uh, <laughs> three in the morning. <laughs> with um, with well, well, on a diet, you know, without even chewing. You know, just no, straight exactly. swallow, just, just straight swallow, um, straight down the gulp. But the blackout thing too, mate. I I think I touched on another podcast. I won't tell the story, but I just remember that when I had that blackout overseas and it was just where you just literally can't remember anything that was a wake-up call because i realized that there's a good chance i could have not got home that night or exactly <laughs> who knows where you end up especially on the other side of the world with none of your close friends around you mm. but uh do you have anything else serious to say or, sh- or uh I'll, before we lighten things up <laughs> i was just gonna say uh i'll probably relate this more to the whole covid lockdown situation here in melbourne or in victoria but I had a really good chat to someone at work the other day and we we're talking about alcohol and this probably led to me you know saying to you like why don't we do one on on alcohol and we were talking about how this time for, for all of us but you know not just me because i haven't had a drink in three months but i'm gonna probably look at the next time we we can get together and socialize i'm gonna like be more mindful of when I, if I'm having a drink or when I'm having a drink and actually enjoying it and enjoying being around people and I'll probably take into consideration more of my own, do I drink or do I not drink? Like, mm. I, I'm, it's not, I think I'm going to be better off for this situation, I think is what I'm probably more saying is, yeah, you know, what, what this time has allowed me to do um, is probably when we can get together, it's appreciating getting together more and so than the drinking. I, I I 100% agree. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't think we'll be I don't think we'll be binge drinking. Maybe who knows? We might have one or two or yeah. keep it pretty low key. I don't know, but I agree well, with what you're saying. Well, you we know. Can, you know, there's no. I don't think there'll be any. I don't think there'll be any dos high kicks. You know, on a dance floor for a long time. You know? uh, well, we, we we just got to dos. One thing we got to be careful of now that we've put this out there is we can't. Uh, if we do post on Instagram at a night out, and we are a little bit uh, MC hammered, um, we we got to make sure that we're not posting on the Doss and D Instagram page. Uh, oh, screaming, woo! <laughs> Me stumbling around. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll keep that in mind, I think. Yeah, for sure. We'll just stay off Instagram. Um, <laughs> so funny stories on the piss. Let's lighten things up to, uh, to end it. Oh, do you want well, me to start? Yeah, or do you want to start? No, you start. Because to be fair, there's... Like I said earlier, like I'm like, mate, I can't think of any funny stories because there's there's been probably so many nights where things have happened and I just can't recall them. Well, I, I love how we've just talked about how we're sort of against pinch drinking and now we're going to talk about uh, probably encourage a few people. <laughs> um, it's just a few little memories that we have just to throw each other under the bus. But one of my one of my more recent ones and probably the last time I got. Just for any context for people, I got drunk once uh, with my sisters and their boyfriends in isolation. And before that, the last time was with you boys in, I think, February. And uh, we went out to Richmond. We, and this is going to sound very virgin of us, but uh, we actually had pre's at my grandma's house. Uh, yeah. For me, because <laughs> she's in a nice central spot and, and the lovely few, uh, Mimi. A few vodka Red Bulls. Yeah, the lovely Mimi just basically gave us a kitchen. And, mate, I feel terrible because we left it in a state and we came back and it was clean. She just cleaned up anyway. Um, so we went there because we thought... All right, she we was can, so lovely. Like, she uh, was so nice. We were all going to crash there in this house in South Melbourne and you know, then we didn't have to worry about getting home. And 
and anyway, we we came we come back quite late in the uh, in the morning. And Dos Dos is the one that dragged us out of the venue and said, "All right, boys, enough's enough. No, I'm hungry." Because I had I had somewhere to go the next day as well. Okay, like, okay. Yeah. Well, th- I'm glad you said that because you've just thrown yourself under the bus. So you've got somewhere to go, and then we get back to the house, and we're like, "Well, let's go to bed." Dos wanted to have a D and M in the lounge room. Um, and Jai and I said, well, no, mate, we're going to bed. So we all went, we we're all about to go to bed. And then Doss was acting like a child, stripped off and was naked on uh, my grandma's stairs, ass out, spreading his cheeks. And the worry that I had was she lives with her brother. And I was worried that he was going to walk out of the room that was literally right there and just come out to a naked Doss. Uh, a man he's never met. A man he's never met with his ass cheeks spread out, completely starkest, lying like covering the stairs like a spider. Oh, gosh. Mate, that was a good night, actually. That was probably the first real night we'd had out together. We are just missing a couple of a couple of fellow band members, I think, which I'm um, looking forward to, to getting the band back together on a night out. But um, <laughs> some of mine, like, I've probably made a couple of silly decisions. Like, uh, I've got one here. I've got... Sorry, I, I just <laughs> Yeah, you, you probably know what I'm about to talk about, but if anyone's ever heard of Corey Worthington, uh, the man who, well, basically he made a Facebook event, um, his parents were out, he held a party, next thing you know, uh, the roof was gone on the house, there was a fire burning, you know, every bit of furniture in the backyard, like, this this man became a public figure after probably throwing the biggest party in Australian history while his parents were away. I probably, it was my first year being 18, and it was going to be my first New Year's. And mind you, I I tell this story with a lot of regret because I let I, I'm gonna I let my family down. Uh, okay, <laughs> let Jack, Jack Rowold, <laughs> Jack Rowold. Uh, uh, but I do like it. The, the, you know, when I talk about this, and and it gets brought up as a joke within our family. But my mum really like my mum hates hearing it because it just was just bad. Like so, parents um, have gone away as we they we did every year as a family. And I actually said, you know, I might stay back this year because this is my first year being 18 for New Year's. And yeah, no worries, Wade, you know. it's I've got a couple of mates over. So there's New Year's Eve, there's New Year's Eve Eve, and then there's New Year's Eve Eve Eve. So oh, it's the, we've, got, we've got three days, you know, there's a couple of days to New Year's and I've got a few mates over and we're just having a, a couple of beers and we're just laying around and my, my older sister Taylor, mind you, was still home. So we weren't completely by ourselves. But the boys were like, Joss, you know, like, why don't we have... Why don't we have some people over? Like, you know, you've got the house to yourself and, you know, we should make a we should make an event. And I was like, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, probably thought in my mind, oh, it's the wrong thing to do. I've always, you know, been a good boy. Um, never, you know, always done the right thing. And I, and I probably got a bit peer pressured and wanted to be, wanted to be, you know, wanted to be the cool, the cool bloke. So, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. So, made a Facebook event, which probably was the first Mistake. error. Yep. <laughs> so, gets to a couple of days later and it's, you know, it's the day. It's the day of the party. So, um, and when I say party, I didn't think it was going to be a party. I thought, you know, a few people were coming around, having a few drinks, and enjoying the summer over New Year's. And, um, well, getting on with it, I was passed out drunk before anyone even arrived. Oh, jeez! And that was basically because these me and these guys had probably been, you know, drinking throughout the day in you know anticipation of what a great night it's going to be. So we had a barbecue from like three o'clock onwards. 
and and I was we were probably all a bit excited and I probably I've had my alcohol intake in that time before the party started and I get put to bed before everyone's even arrived and then you know that, a lot of stuff happened that night that I won't go into but no, I, will just, I, will, I, will, I will just say this I woke up the next day there's vomit in the front room um, <laughs> someone may have tried oh, I'm not, no I'm not even going to say what's happened well someone shit sh- someone shit my bed someone <laughs> slept in my bed and serves you right though someone's always going to shit the bed and it may as well be yours <laughs> and I had to then I, well I actually met up with the family a few days later Port Ferry with my tail between my legs because they'd 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 found out and heard about what's happened and I had a stern talking to from my dad and uh, I slapped on the wrist and it's you know it's I'm glad just, we weren't I, there I wasn't oh there. I, I just I'll, I'll let I'll let them down you know they weren't angry they were just disappointed so <laughs> you're lucky uh, you were so well forgiven oh that was a good one no. let's let's just say my parents didn't pay for my Bulldogs membership the next year no <laughs> the ultimate punishment I, I, I don't get that mate it sounds like they uh, rewarded you for doing it oh yeah um, but yeah no it's uh, I, I just associate a lot of it with uh, Doss he always gets naked uh, that's always just part of it so um, I mean I've got many a photo on my uh, on my phone um, actually when I went through customs in America and got uh, pulled aside they didn't investigate all my photos and literally probably one in every five photos was dos uh, naked and drunk so uh, uh what's your explanation to them there you know oh, no 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 it's just my mate it's just my mate it's just my mate it's just my mate but i want you to i because I, I don't quite remember this story but i want you to look at the fourth point down that you've written and just i'm no i said that for a laugh to you oh, only. i'm not right. i'm not going into that story okay well again this is our future uh if you want our most secret stories you have to pay that's a joke <laughs> what's sleeping in the dog kennel mean Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it does not relate to the Western Bulldogs For those who are wondering um, Charlie with a lot Charlie with a lot But oh yeah one night He'll get a mention uh, The great Jack Butlin At his house A gathering Good night um, Great night actually And got a lift home Would have been <laughs> early hours of the morning And door was locked Didn't have my keys And I thought Oh it's, it's like it's, it's you know It's 3 or 4am I'm like Gee I can't get inside My phone was dead So I couldn't ring who was inside didn't want to knock on the door because it's so early i was like i don't want to do that looking back i wish i did i ended up i was like how can i you know how, how can i what am i gonna do for three hours it's like oh well i'll try and get to sleep so i um grabbed a few of the cushions that were kind of on the outdoor seating and i placed them like in a line in front of the the hole in the dog kennel so that was going to be like my where my back was going to be laying and then i've just I'll squeeze my head, squeeze my head into the dog kennel. I don't remember then, this. Yeah, and then because the dog had a blanket in the kennel, so there'd I be put, spiders and shit in there. Yeah, and oh. so I put one. Of, I put one of those cushions in the kennel for the pillow. I had the cushions lying for my, you know, for my back support, and then um, yeah, and then I put the dog blanket over the top of me, and and I, I slept like a baby. And then uh, the next morning, mum wakes up, comes outside, and Wade cusses her legs dangling out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a part that I love, just seeing that reaction there. No, mate, it's very good. Very good. Yeah, oh, mate, I reckon that's 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 pretty well it. I reckon you know, there's a couple of more, but you know, we'd be we'd be just bloody blabbering. I reckon. I um, think so. All right, mate. Well, that uh, well then, let, let's wrap that up. I'm I really, sure that, that all the drunk stories. It was good, stories wasn't it? 
it was good. It was very good. Um, I'm sure the junk stories will will come out over time anyway. And well, I don't know now, mate. I hope uh, we've basically said that we're going to uh, try give it up a little bit. So <laughs> maybe a few less in the future than the uh, than the past. But um, Some, someone's going to, you know, I hope the paparazzi don't catch us. You know, out uh, somewhere posting it on the social going Josh and D. Uh, Actually, that's how we can get famous. We can uh, we can set ourselves up being contradicting to what we said and uh, get listeners that way. Mm. Or you got or all of you could share the podcast and leave us a review. Um, review on iTunes and follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Easy mate. Well thanks for today. Uh, I'm gonna thanks. go celebrate I'm gonna go celebrate with a beer. Yeah, same mate. Uh, cheers. Cheers.